Welcome to Bench Boost, presented by Ivy Ignite, Inorganic Ventures Virtual ICP Academy. I'm your host, Mike Booth, Technical Director here at Inorganic Ventures. At Ivy, we're passionate about all things ICP, sample prep, and analytical science. And we're here to share our passion and expertise with you. Each week, we'll bring you the latest insights, tips, and tricks from the brilliant minds of our laboratory team. Get ready to experience chemistry in a new light. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by one of our custom product development chemists, Josh Underwood, one of our lab supervisors, Muzz Khan, and one of our production managers, Thomas Kozakowski. Today, we are going to interrupt our normal episode release schedule to recap the team's recent trip to the 2024 Winter Conference on Plasma Spectrochemistry held in Tucson, Arizona. This conference is held once every two years and is a great opportunity for ICP instrument users to connect with each other, learn about new methods and techniques, and present their work. All right, guys. So we went out to Tucson last week. Uh, I think it was a pretty fun time. Josh and Muzz, you guys are new to the podcast. So why don't you give you know the listeners a little bit of your background, and then we could sort of go through what we did last week. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mike. So I'm Josh Underwood. I am, as Mike said, I am a chemist with our custom product development team. I have been with IV for a little bit over five years now, and I came to this team from inside of our lab, working my way through the manufacturing department, quality control department. So I'm coming with quite a few years of hands-on lab experience to help me develop into my new role. And I'm super excited to be here this week to talk about how the conference went. Uh, yeah, my name is Mazamal Khan, but you can call me Muz. I'm our stock lab supervisor here at Interagenic Ventures. And um, I started here about almost five years ago. I'm coming up on five years in July. But I started in manufacturing, and then I came over to be lead, and then now I'm the stock life supervisor. And this is my first job after graduating from tech, and I really loved it here, and it's been great. Awesome. Thomas, you and I joined Josh and Muzz. We went out last week. The biggest attraction, I think, for Winter Conference is always the classes. So... Thomas, I'll kick it over to you. What classes did you take last week? Yeah, the class, I, one of mine got canceled, so I only ended up going with one, but I were interested in, you know, lab redesign here at IV, so I was in, curious about the course about considerations for lab redesign or building one from scratch, so I wanted to get some tips and tricks, um, things to look out for when you're, you know, building your lab. Awesome. Did you pick up any tips or tricks? Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff about what you should do with a clean room, things I never even considered. But yeah, it was very good information. I got a lot of good tips from it. I think the most interesting thing was fire suppression. There's actually a kind of gas that you can use. It's not only safe for your instruments, but it's safe for people in the environment too. I didn't think something like that existed. I thought, you know, you aren't going to use water on your instrument to save it. You probably had to evacuate the lab because you don't want to breathe it. Um, but apparently there's something different out there. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Josh, how about some of your classes? What were they like? Yeah, they were super, super interesting. Um, a lot of them were kind of delving into more of like a deeper background of looking at ICP OES and also MS. So a lot of the stuff that we were talking about where I just kind of knew how to run the instrument, but I didn't know why this setting was this, why that setting was that. So it was super cool being able to see a deep dive into those. One thing that I found super interesting was the kinetic energy discrimination, mm -hmm. which is something that I definitely have utilized as part of uh, QC here for our mass specs. So kind of like learning about how that actually works at a chemical and physical level was super, super neat. 
And to go along with that, learning a little bit more of a deeper dive into collision cells and just kind of overall workings of the ICP-MS and ICP-OES. Awesome. Muzz, you're relatively new to running the ICP instruments. What were your classes like? Yeah, so having such limited experience actually running any ICP instruments, I kind of went into this with a mindset of trying to learn as much as I could. I took courses on ICP MS. There were two great ones actually by John Olesic that I thought really went deep dive, but also made it accessible for me to kind of learn more about how ICP works as an introduction system and actually going into the mechanics of how the mass spec works. Took some other classes on OES, you know, dealing with interferences. I was in the same class with Josh for the reaction cell and collision cell. And again, that was a lot. I know, I think I've heard this before, but people kind of look at the instruments as kind of like the black box where, you know, all the magic happens. And I was very much in that camp. And I feel like I came out of a lot of this class knowing a lot more about the black box. So I thought it was really cool. And I think for anyone kind of starting without a lot of experience, that this is a great place to learn. That's perfect. I know I actually took a class. Josh, you were with me with that one. I think it was our first one. So right after a long day on the road, it was about precision and multi-collector mass specs, which is definitely something new to us. We definitely don't have one of those. I think a lot of it probably went over our heads, <laughs> but it was actually, I thought, a really good class. It was put on by a chemist from Canada's NMI. I think it's the NRC. Um, and their lab develops a lot of the isotope standards. So having that precision with the isotope uh, ratios was actually pretty neat to see how they how they do that work and a lot of the models they put to it. So again, not nothing, not anything that's really revolves around what we do day to day, but it was definitely interesting to see something like that. You don't really get a chance to, to hear people talk about those techniques very often. Yeah, let me just add one little detail about that, talking about the going over our heads a bit. So many numbers, letters, figures, everything. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. A lot of math, huh? Oh, it was an insane amount of math. And it's every single like new isotope that you added. It added a whole new string of variables, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'm glad that they are doing that. And then I am not. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely one of those things. It's like, this looks, especially on the slides, like this is very complicated. And then she actually had enough time to pull up some of the worksheets and stuff. It's like, okay, I can see where this works a little bit easier now. Like seeing it in practice cleared it up a little bit, but still very complicated to, to get those standards made and certified. Any key takeaways from your guys' classes? I know, Thomas, you mentioned earlier about clean room procedures. And I know you mentioned something to us, uh, I think, on one of our hike days maybe about badging in and out. Yeah, so apparently, yeah, the lady that taught Orc, our course, her name was Ella. She was from uh, Corning Research, and she said she's moved labs before, like actually as, as a project. And some of the things that came up with them was, you know, even the people changing your lights might go in your clean room and stand on the bench and leave footprints. <laughs> so um, recommended like badge access to to those so that you can keep everybody out except the people who know what they're doing inside the clean room, which makes it more challenging. You basically have to handhold when they change your filters out or change your light bulbs, but definitely keeps a cleaner lab. Yeah. Josh Muzz, any key takeaways from your classes? Yeah, I know for me, like mentioning the KED cells, um, that was a big one that really stuck with me. Learning a lot of the terminology that's commonly used throughout the industry was very interesting. Some of the terminology that I had learned just from working here at IV, just like the phrase internal standard. So that meant something completely different to me 
than it does to everybody else in the industry, mm -hmm. where our internal standard is a standard that we use internally to certify our products or <laughs> test our products against. And I learned <laughs> that an internal standard for everyone else is when you're using a solution that contains stuff other than the analyte you're looking at. So that was a little bit eye-opening for me. <laughs> yeah, on a lot of our podcasts, we actually have to reiterate that at IV, we don't do internal standards because we check for everything. And you coming into the world like that don't even realize it's industry practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like in one of my classes, um, the teacher, uh, Debbie Bradshaw, fantastic, by the way. If any of y'all are ever at a conference and have a chance to take her class, I highly recommend or anything that she's teaching. She had said, raise your hand if you use internal standards. I was just happily like, absolutely. And then she explained it more and I was like, oh, I should not have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought my biggest takeaway is definitely I... I guess going into this, having such little experience, I almost felt kind of embarrassed, but that around all these people, they felt like they've been working with different ICP like mass spec OES for many years. But at the same time, I guess, as I was there kind of learning that people use these instruments in a lot of different ways. And the way that we use it isn't necessarily the same as other people use it. And just there's always more to learn. And so even though I didn't know a lot, I still came out of it learning a lot of different things because from my perspective, the only way it's ever been done is the way I've seen it here at IV and our system is vastly different than what a lot of people are, have set up. But I thought it was really cool just to learn all the different ways that people are using their instruments. But I came away with a much better understanding of why we do what we do, why we run certain things in the order that we do and why and how exactly the instrument's working, which for me, was my biggest kind of interest because, again, it's just felt like magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have a grimoire to go and uh, sift through all the spells for the instruments, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, so classes are definitely a big part of Winter Conference. We at IV were actually fortunate enough we got to speak at a couple events at Winter Conference. So, Thomas, you and I did, uh, we sort of tag team material for a four-hour session of some of our most popular presentations. I'll let you sort of run through just briefly, what did you talk about in your presentations? Yeah, so the first one I do actually takes almost a whole hour. Um, it's ICP maintenance. So I kind of go over the basics of what you should look for on a, like a weekly basis, maybe a daily basis. But then I touch on the things that you forget about that you should do monthly and, and maybe less frequently, but um, is still very important to keep your ICP running. So that's a really good class. It's got some videos in it. It's usually very well received and we're able to give out some templates to help, you know, your lab prosper with a good template. So we usually, I think we have that on our Ivy Ignite resources. And that is correct. Yep. And my other one was one that I've taught for many years now, but it's still very relevant. It goes over the EPA method 6020 interference check solutions, but a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into making that solution. You're using it to make critical calculations for mass interferences on mass spec, but we use OES to actually figure out what's not present. So we kind of take a deeper dive into some of the interferences you can expect on OES and broaden it out to show you, yeah, iron's terrible for interferences, but so are a bunch of other elements. So we kind of go touch on that. Um, yeah. And then I think you taught three classes. Yeah. I took a lot of the material, a lot of the basic techniques. Um, so we usually talk about washout. So how can you improve washout on your instrument? 
sources of contamination in the lab is another pretty important one. And both washout and sources of contamination in the lab are available as free courses on Ivy Ignite. So if you're interested in that, check out Ivy Ignite. Those are available for free. But we also talked about the differences in calibration curve methods versus direct comparison methods versus method of standard additions. So that's always interesting. A lot of folks, um, I think, aren't aware of the method of standard additions. And it's a really powerful technique when you're dealing with troublesome samples. And lastly, I gave a presentation that sort of recaps our in-house method of how we test customs. So sort of going through all that process of how the method was validated. And Thomas, you did the work on that method. So there's months of your life sort of in in that presentation um, around just all the interference tables that were built and how the standards were designed. I think it's a really good presentation that people tend to enjoy once we get into the details of it. Yeah. My favorite part about that method though, is that we test for every single element and um, we mitigate interferences in addition to chemical compatibility. So it's just a big math problem coupled with chemistry but it's a good method that tests for everything. Yep. Yeah. We took classes on interferences and there's a lot that goes into those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. Including all the oxides and especially, oh my goodness, if you're using ammonia gas, which seems to be such a fantastic gas for collision cell, it can create so many different products. One one day we'll get that gas. (laughs) One day. (laughs) Yeah, so that was really our course, our main course that we taught, but we were also lucky enough to be invited to present at one of the vendor talks, one of the other vendor talks as well. So I know a lot of the bigger instrument manufacturers put these on, like Agilent, I think, did a lunch session every day. It looked like a lunch session every day, but we actually spoke at the Texas Scientific Products breakfast session, which I thought was really cool, where I talked about the method that was developed by our R&D chemist, Autumn Phillips, and sort of coordination with Sergey Lincoln at Texas Sci and CEM and one of the local hemp growers to sort of put a method in place to digest and analyze cannabis and hemp samples on ICP OES, where that work is normally done on ICP mass spec. And Thomas, I know you were present at that session. Josh and Muzz, you had left the, that morning to, to come back home, so you guys missed it. But there were some other interesting presentations as part of that one as well, right? Yeah, what I found most intriguing besides the fact that they served us a hot meal was <laughs> the fact that they were really showcasing their different nebulizers. So each talk was about a different one of the nebulizers at Texas Scientific Products, and they were really cool. So, I mean, one of them dug into lithium on the OES, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because you can tell the difference between 6-lithium and 7-lithium without uh, mass spec. And they had a nebulizer that helps quite a great deal with that and yeah it wasn't salesy so it was technical showed how it you know the benefits of those nebulizers for specific processes but they really weren't pushing the product on you it was well done i think yeah that was a good one for sure i know i enjoyed there was uh someone did a presentation about their high throughput laboratory and then there was another laboratory that had just a wide range of sample types my favorite included scorpions uh yeah yes (laughs) grinding yeah, their lab deals with everything. So I think that was an Arizona University yes, researcher. Yeah. So their lab gets anything you can think of. And ground up scorpion was one of them. So how do you digest that versus maybe bones or whole blood? Mm-hmm. Their sample types were all over the place. Yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they had a nebulizer that did it all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
So that was very cool. Another part of the winter conference that's really big is the expo part. So we at Intergang Adventures had a, a booth set up there, but there were, you know, a lot of other vendors there as well. And it gave us a chance to get face to face with a lot of our customers. And Josh, I'm going to throw this over to you. You seem like you were having a ball when we opened up <laughs> at the expo. Oh yeah, it was so fun being able to see everyone and talk to everyone face to face. Because some of the people I met there, ones that I may have had like email correspondence with or seen in the lab, been like, "Oh, well, this person is coming on to diagnose our instrument issues." Anything like that, kind of like hearing names. It was almost like seeing celebrities, <laughs> <laughs> just from hearing their names offered so often. Um, but no, it was it was super awesome being able to kind of explain a little bit more what we do because our custom product development team being created within the last year, it's still a new thing that we're still kind of working the kinks out and um, figure out how that goes. But being able to actually like be able to explain a little bit of what we're doing with that team and the goals that we're trying to achieve with that, and especially in a face-to-face or belly-to-belly type of uh, discussion, it was super, super valuable and super enjoyable. Awesome. Yeah, I know it was great. It's always great to get out and actually see customers face to face and be able to answer their questions and, you know, really help them out. You know, I would say if anyone sees Intergang Ventures at a trade show or a conference, come on up and say hello. You know, we always offer free swag. So at the very least, you walk away with a mouse pad or an ICP operations guidebook or, you know, something. But yeah, if you have any questions, I know I've worked with some people about how they can add aliases to their custom blends or, now, for the listeners out there, if you order a custom through Intergang Ventures, you can get it named whatever, but you can change the names at will. So it's not a big deal for us to do that or just sort of how to make the ordering process easier. We'll definitely put you in touch with the right people. So don't be shy about any questions you might have. If you see us out and about, come up and ask. We love to talk chemistry. We love to talk to you. Really appreciate our customers and love to talk to them. Yeah, definitely second that on the talking chemistry side of it because I know with coming from my coming from the lab, the chemistry is the part that I felt like I got pretty good at. So anytime a customer is like wondering about any stability or anything that might work well in this matrix, that is kind of the bread and butter of what I love to speak about. And I know everyone that's on the team here also loves speaking about those things. And that's the things that we do very well. Yeah. Thomas Muzz, any thoughts from the expo? I thought it was great to actually see all the different instrument vendors out there. I mean, there are more than we know. So there's like these little startups that have a kind of a unique type of ICP. And it's really interesting to see how small some of these instruments have gotten. Mm-hmm. And some of them had real models on the floor, even though it was a pretty small floor mm-hmm. compared to something like PitCon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the different vendors that have nebulizers, tubing, some of them were even from the US. So it's great to see the options out there it's much target much more targeted to the icp audience at this one compared to something like pitcon where you also get things like hot plates and all kinds of other things mm-hmm. i guess i didn't mention that they got microwave digesters of course mm-hmm. we don't have much experience with that here at iv but there were quite a few of those there as well for sample prep yeah yeah i definitely second the um the number of makers of icp like i guess i kind of in my head always thought it was just dominated by like a couple of big companies because it's such a specialized and I guess like niche kind of product that there would be multiple even like smaller ones and I gen- and especially for how expensive they are I feel like if you're looking if you're a new lab starting do you want to take a gamble on not that it would be a gamble on like a small smaller quote unquote 
um, company, but yeah, there's a lot of different manufacturers. Um, yeah, seeing a booth for a company that was just dealing with tubing was also like, I guess it's huge with how often you're having to change everything. It can really make differences, but you know, there's just a sheer number of different kind of things that all just kind of go into doing the same work that there's so many different companies and kind of go into it. It's really neat. And then I know one of my most like that felt really interesting to me was we have an Anton Parr density meter and Anton Parr had a booth set up. And when I went over there, they had a new instrument and just immediately it looks way different than our instrument, but the software was immediately recognizable. And just, <laughs> mm-hmm. you kind of realize that, Hey, it's the same people. <laughs> Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. The expo is also is always neat to sort of go out and just see what all is there. You always pick up just some new tips and tricks just from the vendors. If you go around and talk to them, though, you know, like us, the vendors are there to talk to you guys. So, yeah, if you seem interested in something, go up. I'm sure that any one of them would talk to your ear off about what they're offering. And all of them have their own particular thing that they're really good at. So, lot of options out there in terms of instruments and yeah muzzle like you were even saying where to get tubing if it's specialty tubing you know something like that or different options for sample prep or sample intro systems there's just a ton of options out there so i think that's another benefit of of shows like the or conferences like this is just getting a the option to go out and talk to those vendors yeah and you can get like personalized i guess help from these people who are experts in their small parts of like for example if you're just looking for nebulizers, you know, they might have different types of nebulizer thing. And if you tell them what kind of samples you're analyzing, they can directly be like, this is the kind of nebulizer that you would want that would give you, that would be better for this kind of sample and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think you always want to just talk to as many people as you can because that they're trying to sell you. So like they're going to try and help you. And I think it's cool. It feels like a nice little, I guess, community almost. <laughs> yep. I know just from Intergang Ventures perspective, it's also nice to talk to the other vendors because uh, that gives us a good option to collaborate. So you'll see some of the fruits of this conference coming as soon as March when we're going to join up with Glass Expansion for a webinar on washout. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. That should happen um, sometime in March. And then just a chance to collaborate on different projects. You know, we work a lot with the folks at CEM. They do microwave digesters. So getting some stuff in the works with them and along with some of the other instrument manufacturers is just really good for us to be able to do different projects and um, sort of merge the specialties of Intergang Ventures and, you know, folks like CEM or Glass Expansion or Texas Sci or, you know, whoever. Um, really good chance for that. So keep your eyes peeled. We're going to see a lot more collaboration with Intergang Ventures and other companies this year. All right. So. I think that about covers the conference, unless you guys... Yeah, there's yeah. one thing. I mean, to the sides of the exhibition hall, they actually do poster sessions. That's right, so yeah. That was a really good opportunity to see what people are researching on different types of instruments, different industries. Quite a big session on clinical, so that I, we don't deal with any of those kinds of samples here. All of our stuff's inorganic with inorganic matrices, but seeing their challenges with mercury, it was like, hey... I looked at one poster is like, have you checked out our website about Mercury? <laughs> we might be able to help you out because they said what their next steps were. I was like, yeah, you definitely want to, you know, put that in HCL and try a couple things with that. But many different uh, 
research topics out there. There was something different every day at three o'clock. So that was really fun to see what people cared about. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. I I almost forgot about the posters, but you're right. That's a excellent resource for folks to be able to present their work and then yeah, get a chance to just walk through. They had what set up probably like 50 plus posters yeah. um, every day, which was really cool to see. I know I walked around and I think maybe the most interesting one that I saw was about a group using like machine learning to deal with interferences on microwave plasma instruments, which was really interesting. So I'm glad I got a chance to see that because that was, yeah, microwave plasmas usually have to deal with a lot more interferences because the plasma doesn't burn as hot. So that they had developed a method to try to, in the software, get rid of those interferences through this AI method, basically, which was really interesting. So, yeah, I think that about covers the conference, but we didn't just go out. We didn't work all the time. We got to have a little bit of fun <laughs> while we were out there. So, Thomas, you are you have a, a nice camera. You like to do photography. We did get to go out to some parks, right? Yeah, so I, I do like to take pictures. If you've ever been to IB and seen my office, the fruits of my photography labor on the wall, but yeah, two years ago, I got to go to Saguaro National Park. Uh, we've got the giant cactuses. They were pretty cool, and Josh was wanting to see the biggest one he could find, so I had to drag him there. It was really nice <laughs> because we were there on MLK weekend, and on, on that Monday, it was actually free parking. So we, we went out all morning, and three-mile hike? I want to say it was, it was about four, four miles, I believe. Was it four? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, we saw probably, I don't know, a thousand cacti. Yeah, it was very interesting coming from uh, the area that we're in, in the Appalachian Mountains, seeing trees everywhere, seeing hills, and instead going to flatness everywhere, you see a mountain in the background and you're like, is that seven miles away? Is that 1,700 miles away? (laughs) Who's to say? But definitely the National Park was incredibly beautiful, going and seeing all of the cacti and what they call the actual cactus forest there. Yeah. And seeing the cacti just as dense as you would find out or you would find in the woods here and all the different shape that they grow in and finding out how slow that they grow. Um, how if I can't remember who mentioned it, but I know someone had mentioned where the cactus in that specific park, they don't start to actually grow branches until they're 75 years old, I believe. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So they're old. Yeah, <laughs> definitely old. Definitely. Um, yeah, probably pre United States for some of the cactuses yeah. that we saw. So very cool stuff. Yeah, they were massive. And I just don't understand how the branches grow because sometimes they're like four trying to grow from the same spot. They're going in all different types of directions. And I just don't understand. Like, you know, flowers, they grow in the direction of the sun, but I don't. <laughs> like, where are these branches going? <laughs> and then I think one of them we saw when we first started our hike you could see the prickly pear was in the cactus oh yeah. like it sprouted from a bird's nest or something so that was like a cactus on a cactus it was kind of cool yeah so definitely got to have some fun anything else before we close out this episode you guys want to throw in about our trip last week i know for me i really enjoyed getting to visit some of the uh west coast food places such as in and out and i did find <laughs> out the hats that they wear in and out in and out if you just ask for one they'll give you one it's true. Josh definitely looked like he ordered the kids' meal. He was just. <laughs> it was kind of throwback to like a 1999 Burger King, you know, with the crown that they would give the kids. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, definitely I would recommend if people get a chance in 2026 to attend ICP Winter Conference, 
definitely try to put yourself down for that. You can learn a whole lot. It's a very extended conference. I know we were there for a week and it was still going on for like another two days, I think. I think so. So there's a lot of chance to learn a lot of things. So yeah, if you are looking for stuff to put on your calendar for upcoming conferences, always keep your eyes peeled for the next ICP Winter Conference. So we were happy we were able to attend this year um, to connect with so many other ICP users. So just a reminder, if you see Inorganic Ventures out and about, please come up and say hello. We always love to meet folks and give away IV swag. And you can follow Inorganic Ventures on LinkedIn for updates on where our team will be next. Join us next time on Bench Boost as we resume our normal episode release schedule. We hope you'll join us then and have a fantastic week. Thank you.